Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And what are you doing here? I said right on the thumbnail that nobody should be watching or listening to this. There's no news here, even though there's a logo for, of course, Microsoft's Xbox brand on your screen, because at least ostensibly, some folks do think there's news here, and you can check out all of the bits and bobs of the Microsoft Times Activision pending transaction on our playlist. This will be video number 41 on that playlist, but really, we're going to be talking about the European Union and their European Commission, and some folks think it is noteworthy that we're going to be going to a phase two review. Now, we're going to talk about some of the details there but honestly, this should have been anticipated by anyone looking at this transaction all the way back in January when it was originally announced. Nevertheless, we've got some articles to look at. If you are interested in discussions about the business and law, video games, technology, and more, please do consider supporting this channel, liking, subscribing, doing all those fun things at Utreon, Patreon, or through a YouTube membership or otherwise. We can't do it without viewers and listeners like you. Now, this was brought to my attention twofold in a couple of articles over the last few days. The first of which is relatively neutral, comes from a website called Politico, which is interested in governments interacting with all sorts of things. They say, EU to launch advanced Microsoft Activision probe. Okay, good so far. U.S. tech giant opts not to file remedies to Brussels antitrust enforcers. And for the most part, when we're talking about the European Union, a lot of folks use Brussels as a stand-in, just like if you're in the United States, some folks might use Washington or Washington, D.C. to indicate the federal government, Brussels being the headquarters for the European Union. Now, we have in this subheadline something that we probably recognize from when we were talking about things with the Competition and Markets Authority, the CMA of the UK, which is that unlike the FTC and some of these other regulators that we see wandering around the global regulatory environment, Brussels and London both afford the companies that are going to be challenged on a merger in some respects before they go to a phase two review the opportunity to assuage the regulators' fears. In both instances, we saw Microsoft not respond. Here leaked, but certainly is the case with respect to the UK, where Microsoft says, no, we're not so interested in doing that. And a lot of people have asked me why. After all, you've got a regulator that's gone through a phase one review, says, hmm, there might be problems here. Is there anything you want to give us to make sure that we don't go through this phase two and it doesn't cost everybody a lot more money? And I think the answer to that is pretty obvious on its face, but Overall, before the phase two process is completed, before an actual in-depth investigation is done at either the UK level or the EU level or anybody else that has this kind of configuration for the regulatory process, you are essentially negotiating against yourself, right? The EU says, hmm, tut tut, we think there might be problems here. They might look a little bit like this. Is there anything you'd like to offer to give us? And the answer is almost always going to be no if you're in Microsoft's shoes or anybody else's. If this were a Sony deal, you'd see the same, which is, no, why don't you go through your review and let's see exactly what happens there, especially since we're already about to spend $70 billion or close there too, so we can spend the money to go through this phase two process. The other aspect of this that I've talked about at length in this video series, the reason I told you there's no news here is that every single regulator that has a configuration for an early superficial review and then an in-depth kind of painful review was going to go to the in-depth kind of painful review on this particular deal. It is big technology that is in the political eye, however you might feel about it. It is Microsoft. They've had run-ins with regulators for as long as we've had them in existence. And it's $70 billion, which means it is 
multiples of the highest bid in history for this particular industry in gaming. You add on to that that regulators, politicians, lawmakers in general aren't that familiar with a whole lot of technological questions, even in enterprise software, let alone video game software, and, well, you find yourself in a situation where this was always going to be reviewed as much as possible because ostensibly this is what the regulators are for. Now, if you want to cut out of the video just with that information, you're good. But we've got to talk about this reporting. The European Commission is set to launch an in-depth investigation into Microsoft's record $69 billion splash on games developer Activision Blizzard after the U.S. tech giant opted not to file remedies to the EU's antitrust enforcers. People familiar with the matter told Politico. So we've got anonymous sources. We have to treat it with a grain of salt. However, we knew early November was the EU's timeline for declaring whether they were going to go through a phase two. If they were going to go into that, they have some policies and procedures we will look at as part of this video that suggested that they would have to say, do you want to give us any concessions, Microsoft, as part of that process? So this all lines up with the timing we'd be expecting and also lines up with the way Microsoft treated the UK and how we would expect them to treat with the EU. Microsoft had a deadline of midnight tonight, this is a couple days ago, to submit commitments placating the concerns of the EU's competition department, but the company chose not to do so, according to two individuals close to the matter who spoke to Politico on condition of anonymity due to the confidential nature of the case. The European Commission has a deadline of November 8th to formally announce its intention to launch a so-called phase two investigation into the deal, which every single person on any side of any console war or conversation should be expecting to happen. In documents previously obtained by Politico, the European Commission had been quizzing Microsoft's rivals about the company's activity in cloud gaming and services, as well as the risk that the firm could foreclose access to Activision's hugely popular game, Call of Duty. And in fact, that lines up exactly with what we saw the CMA at the UK level ask and what we have seen leaked in various places around the internet, including Reuters. On October 7th of this past month, Reuters had the same leaked documents that a Politico apparently had where the EU was asking questions of market participants. This will line up, if you've been following this series, with what we saw were the responses and the answers, not just to the CMA, but also to the Brazilian Cade Regulatory Group, and they are asking exactly the same kinds of things. After its decision next month, the European Commission is expected to open a four-month-long investigation underscoring regulatory concerns about big tech acquisitions. Games developers, publishers, and distributors were asked whether the deal would affect their bargaining power regarding the terms for selling console and PC games via Microsoft's Xbox and its cloud game streaming service Game Pass. The answer to that is yes, on the margins, certainly. If Xbox gets stronger, if there are more uh, barriers to entry that they might otherwise invoke, then they're going to lose certain amounts of market power because Microsoft is going to gain that market power. It's kind of one or the other that holds that power. Regulators also wanted to know if there would be sufficient alternative suppliers in the market following the deal, and also in the event Microsoft decides to make Activision's games exclusively available on its Xbox, Game Pass, or cloud game streaming services. Yes, of course, EU, I'll answer this one for you. There will be plenty of people making video games, regardless of whether Activision games are made exclusive to the Xbox ecosystem. They asked if such exclusivity clauses would reinforce Microsoft's Windows operating system. Not in any obvious way versus rivals and whether the addition of Activision to its PC operating system, cloud computing services, and game-related software tools gives it an advantage in the video game industry. Now, that's interesting because the UK kind of goes far afield and starts claiming things about enterprise that don't seem to make a lot of sense. The EU would appear, at least as described by Reuters, and we have to take that with a grain of salt because we're not looking at the primary source material, to suggest that the EU wants to tie that back into the actual industry where this merger is taking place. 
Honestly, that's probably a fairer approach than what the UK has so far proposed, but we don't know what we don't know. This questionnaire with about 100 questions asked which of the rivals, such as GeForce Now, Sony PlayStation, Google Stadia, Amazon Luna, and Facebook Gaming could be considered the most attractive following the deal. They're trying to get a feel for the market, and as much as we might think some of these arguments are specious, I cannot deny the fact that these are all legitimate inquiries, even if I think the question ultimately winds up with a big fat no in many, many instances. Now, the problem isn't this. The European Commission is charged with finding problematic combinations of companies and looking at potential market participants, existing market participants, and rivals for exactly what concerns they might otherwise want to address. Now, Microsoft spokesperson, as reported by the Politico, said that the company is continuing to work with the European Commission on next steps and to address any valid marketplace concerns, which is exactly what we would expect, and that it would make Call of Duty available on the same day on both Xbox and PlayStation. We've also, if you've been following online, seen things like Phil Spencer interviews suggesting he would have it on PlayStation as long as there is a PlayStation. Of course, it takes two to tango. He's not the only one that gets to decide those things. And he could offer them in the future on terms that PlayStation doesn't find acceptable. And then you get into a really gray area where PlayStation is the one effectively denying Call of Duty on their system because of the terms offered. And is that in and of itself a market breakdown uh, because Sony is the one that would have to block that particular transaction. The European Commission didn't respond to Politico's request for comment, which in general I think is good. We've been down the road with the UK and the CMA and them putting up again another Twitter thread saying, hey, if you're looking for updates on this, effectively we don't have any. They operate very differently from the FTC. The European Commission, as we will see, generally will have a press release about this, but we'll see how they handle social media and Twitter. The deal is also being reviewed in the U.S., Australia, New Zealand, Japan, and South Korea. Brazil cleared the deal unconditionally following earlier Saudi Arabian approval. Now, that's all pretty darn neutral. I don't have a lot of complaints with this reporting. It is true. It is going to go to a phase two. The European Commission is going to review this for another four months. People have asked me exactly why Microsoft only got the information, the documents, the notification to the EU as late as they did. We know it was late this summer. And I can't speak to that. It's probably a bit of strategy. We'll talk a little bit also about the pre-notification process that is apparently more prevalent in the European Union than it is in the United States. Where I do have issues is with kind of the grandiosity of reporting on this in various places. I will use it as an example here, the PC Gamer article. EU is about to launch an advanced probe into the Microsoft Activision deal. Sources say Brussels is a flutter with concerns about COD. I get it. Headlines sell. I use headlines to get you to click on videos. Maybe not this one. Maybe it was. Maybe it's reverse psychology as a video thumbnail. But I can pretty much assure you that no one is a flutter about this particular deal and that Microsoft probably isn't at all surprised about proceeding to phase two with the European Commission. It's exactly what would have been anticipated by Microsoft back in January of this year as the most difficult jurisdiction to get this deal through in, right? I don't think we necessarily knew what the UK would do. The UK as a separate entity from the EU is already a little bit newish when dealing with major deals on international lines. And so them taking as strong a stance as they did, hey, you didn't know that. There was a good chance of it, but you didn't know. European Commission, European Union is known for sticking its nose in these kinds of deals. And if you're in Europe, maybe you think that's great. But it is a little bit more active than historically the Federal Trade Commission and the Department of Justice here in the United States have been. So if you're Microsoft and you're signing on the dotted line in January of 2022, you're thinking, hmm, 
the European Union. That's going to be the really tough one. We're going to want to make sure we get all our eggs in that basket and all our ducks in a row in order to present that as well as we can. And this is that process that we are watching. As PC Gamer reports it, gets a little bit wrong, gets a little bit grand. Let's talk about it. Sources tell Politico that the European Commission plans to open an in-depth Phase 2 investigation into Microsoft's $68 billion acquisition of Activision Blizzard. The commission is said to be launching the investigation after Microsoft decided against filing remedies, commitments that would satisfy the commission's worries regarding the deal before a deadline of midnight tonight. Just like the Brazilian and UK market regulators, pause, PC Gamer. Brazil approved the deal unconditionally. Brazil even laughed at about what you're going to say. So we got to be careful about this stuff when we're putting information out there. Just like Brazilian and UK market regulators, says PC Gamer, the European Commission's issues stem largely from worries that Microsoft's ownership of Activision would close off its competitors' access, or Sony's access if we're being specific, to Call of Duty, despite Microsoft's repeated insistence that it will keep the series on PlayStation. Now, Brazil in particular does not care about this at all. Brazil has pages and pages and paragraphs and paragraphs, and you can check them out in this video series about the fact that Call of Duty and Activision games in general, not super popular in Brazil. And since Sony's primary argument is that it will cripple their ability to have a video game platform that is competitive at all in the gaming market without that product, it doesn't make any sense for the jurisdiction of Brazil. Remember, as we said in that video, these regulators are primarily focused on the citizens within their jurisdiction. They aren't just god kings that get to stride across the globe deciding who merges with whom and what they can sell into their markets. Instead, they are focused specifically on whether these particular deals hurt the people under their ambit. Here, Europe. With respect to the CMA, the UK. With respect to Cade, Brazil. And the FTC, the US. Now, you can take into account markets and market flow that are of a global nature because those can affect your citizenry, but you can't just say, oh yes, Call of Duty, very, very important when nobody on your lists in Brazil is actually buying that title. So first we have some bad information here. We have this grandizing of the heading and the subheading. Politico also reports the European Commission has been making inquiries of Microsoft's rivals about its cloud services, rivals and market participants, which came up a lot in respect of the CMA. It's probably not the reaction Microsoft was hoping for from the European Commission. Now, I highlighted this in red. Technically, this isn't inaccurate. You can always hope, right? But I would have had it at less than a percent chance of them not going to phase two in the European Commission. So I suspect Microsoft's lawyers also would have had it at a similar level. You can hope, and they're probably not thrilled. You know what? Didn't get that Powerball win with respect to the European Union. We're going to have to go through the main process. The company would no doubt prefer every country to wave the deal through as easily as Saudi Arabia did, and Brazil, PC Gamer, but it looks like Microsoft's lawyers are going to have to pen a lengthy submission to European regulators just like they did for the UK. Now, this is just slightly inaccurate. They'll probably do a response to whatever their statement of complaints is, uh, but the phase two is not that letter, either to the CMA or to whatever is going to be written to the European Union. The phase two is an in-depth kind of full physical from the good doctors at these regulatory authorities for a number of months that they're going to have to go through answering emails, answering due diligence requests, answering what's in these documents, going through this entire process, not just sending a letter. On the plus side, at least for us, says PC Gamer, Microsoft's submission to the UK CMA revealed all sorts of interesting tidbits, like how a deal between Sony and Activision is somehow keeping Call of Duty off of Game Pass by contract. That's by contract. I would expect that in every major marketing deal, by the way, just for the record. We also learned that Microsoft isn't quite as bullish on cloud gaming in private as they are on gaming convention stages. 
that's an interesting statement, right? So on a gaming convention stage, Microsoft has an incentive to say cloud is the future and this is awesome. In a stage where they th- where a regulator is judging whether cloud is the future, they have every incentive to downplay that and say it is not. Are either of those positions Microsoft's true beliefs? Did we learn Microsoft's true beliefs in these? I would argue that we did not. They are tilts on both sides of that particular equation. I would suspect Microsoft truthfully internally somewhere in the middle and that the company thinks we should all stop worrying about Call of Duty exclusivity because, hey, what if the future games suck as much as Vanguard did, which is not their main argument. Xbox's main argument for Call of Duty not being exclusive is because there's a lot of money to be made on PlayStation and there's no reason to break up that particular marketplace because it's not necessarily going to move more Xboxes or Game Pass sales above and beyond what they would lose in taking it off the PlayStation ecosystem. Are they right there? Reasonable minds can differ, but it's not just because Vanguard was terrible that this argument flows, especially since they're now sitting on an opening weekend for Modern Warfare 2 and Activision's product at, I think it's 800 million dollars, something along those lines. Uh, And that's going to be a very substantial data point for anybody that's looking at the value of Call of Duty in these ecosystems. Who knows what we'll learn next, says PC Gamer. If Microsoft really does miss tonight's deadline to file remedies, they're not missing it. (laughs) They're not missing it. This isn't an accident. There isn't somebody running to the fax machine. Yes, some government regulators still require a fax machine, folks. There isn't somebody running to the fax machine to get their commitments in They're just not going to give them because they're not going to negotiate against themselves. Now, I did promise we'd have a little bit more detail. This is a law channel, of course. And even though I said don't watch this, I do want to provide a little bit of extra context because we haven't talked about this specific procedure in the European Union yet. We've got up a practical law kind of treaty. So if you're not familiar with practical law as a brand, it's designed to help get lawyers primarily up to speed with various different laws they might not interact with. Uh, very often. This is in the UK's version of practical law, ironically enough, talking about what the European Union merger methodology is. So we'll talk about that a little. So what are the applicable procedures and timetable for the European Commission's review of a merger so that we can understand what are the standards that go to phase two? Why was this always going to phase two? First, there are pre-notification consultations. It has become a standard practice to enter into pre-notification discussions with the commission. However, as pre-notification consultation is not a statutorily prescribed process. It's not in the law. It's just kind of a normal thing that we do now as we talk about the deal before we technically file. There is no time limit for its completion. Depending on the complexity of the case, this is a pretty complex one, folks, pre-notification consultations can last as little as a couple of weeks or as long as several months. Now, this can go with the question that has been posed to me a number of times, which is why does Microsoft sit on filing with the European Union if they know that it's likely to go to a phase two and they know that's going to take a long period of time, why do they wait until the fall of this year? And I've offered some possibilities. One, I think it's a strategy. Here you can see one of those strategies is let's try to talk to the European Union and maybe possibly get out of this in a phase one if they address what their concerns are and we can tailor our document delivery and our phone calls and whatever else we're interacting with them on to whatever those concerns might be. Obviously, it didn't work here based on everything that's been leaked out, but you can have that thought process. The other thought process is, hey, this is all going to take a lot of focus for our enterprise. This is a big, big deal. Let's kind of put these in order that we want to deal with them. FTC, you have to notify as soon as the deal is signed. So you're going to go with them first. They're the biggest one, the biggest concern in terms of they're the actual jurisdiction where the companies operate. And so you're going to go to the FTC. You're going to work on them for a little while. The FTC still kind of reviewing things on a phase two level. 
And then you're going to bring in the CMA of the UK. And then you're going to bring in the European Commission of the EU. And you're going to kind of put these in an order that you can deal with using your own resources. Because remember, one of the things that's going to happen here is I think a lot of these jurisdictions are going to ask for certain concessions. A lot of those are going to be okay with Microsoft, something like keeping Call of Duty on PlayStation for a while or other things that might relate to cloud services that they don't care about or even Game Pass. I don't know what those are going to look like, but one of the things you're going to want to do if you're Microsoft is you're going to want to synthesize those. You're going to want to make sure that you can have one offering of products or services that can go into all these various jurisdictions. So if you've got different regulators that are you're dealing with, you're going to want to try to make an undertakings document or a consent decree or whatever else any of these other jurisdictions call it that roughly equals each other so that you don't have to move your company or your offerings around just to work within any given jurisdiction. So that's kind of a timing play. And the logistics here is one of the biggest reasons why when that January deal is announced, they say it's going to happen in the middle of next year. That's our anticipated time. Could be later than that. We don't know. But I would expect that that time frame is basically on schedule for right now. Now, for phase one in the European Union, once the commission has received what it considers to be a complete form CO notification, phase one will commence. Once a complete notification has been submitted, the commission has 25 working days to complete its phase one review. That's five weeks to you and me and adopt a decision. During phase one, the commission will contact the relevant third parties, such as customers and competitors, for their views on the transaction and will require the notifying parties and the third parties to complete detailed questionnaires on the relevant markets. That's exactly what we saw leaked to Politico, to Reuters, as we read earlier in this video. At the end of phase one, the commission can either clear the transaction unconditionally or conditionally. They can do a consent decree at this level or open a phase two investigation because, and here's the standard as described in this particular uh, summary, because of serious doubts as to the compatibility of the transaction with the common market. Said another way, this roughly dovetails with what we see at the CMA level in the UK, where it's we've got that kind of probable cause. We think there's a possibility that this kind of thing could damage the market. And when you've got $70 billion of uh, money on the line, when you've got a major publisher with major titles in a given industry, when you've got technology on that top line in a company like Microsoft, Honestly, I have serious doubts insofar as I want to investigate it further. And because I have those doubts and I want to investigate it further, I can take it to a phase two. Now, the European Commission, at least by all accounts, probably put together some conditions here and said, hey, these are our concerns. What can you offer us to alleviate those concerns or else we're going to have to go to phase two? And Microsoft says, yeah, we're not going to negotiate against ourselves. We're going to have to talk about what it is you're specifically looking for after you go into detail on this market. Because one... We don't think that this is an actual monopoly or antitrust issue, so we'd like to have more time to convince you of that fact. And two, because then at that point, you actually have to make your requests clear and we can talk about what those consents might otherwise be. But serious doubts is the standard to get to phase two. From the opening of a phase two investigation, the commission has 90 working days to complete its review, although this is a little bit misleading, and adopt a final decision. A phase two investigation is significantly more onerous than phase one. It entails responding to extremely detailed requests for information and producing considerable amounts of documents and data. For the commission to issue a decision following a phase two other than an unconditional clearance, it must issue a statement of objections outlining its concerns to the parties, grant the parties access to the case file, and give them the opportunity to request an oral hearing. So when we get to a phase two kind of concept, the EU has to make its positions known in detail. And there are certain policies and procedures that are designed to protect the potential merger constituent parties. 
Now, the 90-day working day review period is extended by 15 working days where the notifying parties offer commitments after a certain period of time from the start of the phase. And both of the phases will be suspended, known as stopping the clock, if the commission issues a formal decision requiring the production of information or orders an inspection due to circumstances caused by the parties. For example because the parties failed to respond to a request for information within the specified time frame. This is what I was talking about most prominently with respect to the FTC, which is a different law, to be fair, when I said that Microsoft doesn't get to decide the time frame on which the FTC acts. Folks keep saying, oh, the FTC has this deadline. They really don't, because the FTC can at any point say, you did not comply with our request. Now, these various parties can get mad at that. They can publicize that they're upset at that. They can threaten to sue. That's what we saw with the Amazon and MGM merger. But unless they get to that point, the FTC has to be satisfied that you have complied with their requests and you just simply certifying that you have is what we've been leaked out with respect to Microsoft and the FTC doesn't necessarily make it so. Further, if in America, the FTC or the DOJ is going to have things that it's going to request, hey, we're not going to allow this deal without some kind of concessions. Well, then all the clocks are stopped because now you're in negotiations for what that consent decree should look like. Or in the EU, at the end of phase two, the commission can either clear the transaction or prohibit the transaction where it would significantly impede effective competition. Now, this prohibition, as we've talked about, basically means they can't do it easily within the European Union. It doesn't necessarily stop these two companies from combining But it is enough, especially with a jurisdiction as big as Europe, that Microsoft probably wouldn't want to go through with the deal if the European Union said, yeah, if you merge, that's fine, but you can no longer sell your products or services in our jurisdiction. So you can prohibit something as the EU, whether that takes the form of fines or elimination of ability to sell in the jurisdiction and all these various options that would come up for Microsoft and Activision together if this were to happen is a longer conversation. But suffice it to say, Based on all these standards, based on the processes that the EU has, that the UK has, that the US has, every single person should have been aware that as of January, when the deal is signed by both Activision and Xbox, that folks like the European Union, folks like the United Kingdom, folks like the United States, were always going to elevate this deal to whatever they call their heightened standard of review. So as I said, you already knew this. You didn't need to watch this video, but I'm very glad you did. If you like these conversations about the business and law of video games, software, technology, and more, again, please consider supporting the channel. We cannot do it without viewers and subscribers like you. Please check out our Utreon and our Patreon, our YouTube membership, or if none of those appeal to you, just subscribing, ringing the bell, upvotes, downvotes, telling your friends we're having these conversations. Every little bit helps. If you caught this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.